Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kidd, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. So let me say. <laughs> Welcome to this movie podcast. This movie podcast. I'm Charlie, that's Eric. Hey there. I was going to say, you always say, so it's come to this in the opening. I was like, should we start tra- that. trading that off? But then I'm like, you know what? I'm really into the way Charlie said it. I love oh, our thanks. podcast name so much. I well, think you we... came up with the name. That's all well, you. That's, that's, that's all, all you, buddy. me remembering a episode of the simpsons and i <laughs> well, love it uh, i love the name so reference. much based on a previous conversation of ours and then oh seeing listen to them golden pipes of swanson oh, just say you. it is so i good. i don't i don't uh share the same opinion about my pipes but i think everyone thinks they sound weird so i'm i'm just that guy no thinks, way is this really what i sound like <laughs> it is true that i hate hearing myself but in my head it's i hard. think i sound like pretty cool you're good yeah <laughs> i think i good. sound all right but then i hear it and it's horrifying well we're both yeah we're both just a couple of guys with golden pipes talking the about movies pipes who um, happen to enjoy movies and uh yeah in in this barren uh podcast landscape we're here as a shining light to shine shining some light on some movie movies. recommendation light um, it's a good light to shine yeah and we got uh, a good one today yeah we we're gonna we're double. gonna shine a light on uh, one of our favorite writer director producers Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen. uh, Who just passed away in March at the age of 82. Good run. And not just a uh, good run age-wise, but the wealth of movies that he left behind. Film-wise, yeah. Every genre, uh, uh, every level of quality, but always (laughs) interesting. And just a ton of product. A guy that worked really frequently a ton of product he's he's got 86 writing credits he's got uh, you know 20 producing credits uh, a dozen directing credits a lot of uh, horror a lot of genre films from you know the 70s up yeah. in, up until 2010 he was writing and uh, doing tv movies and screenplays and yeah there that's what's so cool about him is he's one of those guys who people who are into a bunch of different genres will can independently be fans of him People that are into black exploitation films, you know, he did Bone and Hell Up in Harlem and right. Black Caesar. So he's working with major black exploitation stars like Fred Williamson. And but then there's tons of people that can know him for 90s straight to video horror. You know, mm-hmm. he was involved in Maniac Cop, wrote it with Lustig. And, uh, you know, William Lustig, William, <laughs> Bill, he's, he likes to be called Bill because he's a good dude. Our buddy Bill. He's a friendly dude. <laughs> but then, so straight to video 90s, mm-hmm. some successful genre 80s work, but then back, suddenly it's in the 2000s and he's getting movies back into theaters. Into theaters. Right. Uh, he wrote Phone Booth. With, Which was uh, a super successful Colin movie. Colin Farrell. He uh, did the story behind Cellular in 2004. Lustig shared a story that Cohen had never used a cell phone when he wrote (laughs) Cellular. He wrote it because he's like, a lot of people are talking about cell phones now. Have you heard of these uh, cellular telephones they got here? I'm going to make a horror movie out of it, or like a thriller, and it worked. 
I think that's pretty much how he does all of his planning. He just comes up with a, a concept yeah. or, or a figure or some sort of thing, and this goes, I'm just going to make a whole movie yeah, around that. Yeah, he'll come up with a line. He'll come up with an actor that he wants to use yeah. in a specific way. And so you have all these people that could be fans of his work who have not heard of 80% of his other work because he's done so much stuff that can appeal to a specific but different audience. Absolutely. It was an amazing career. God um, love him. Yeah. I love him. Um, he, uh, we're going to talk about two in particular, uh, 1974's It's Alive. Yeah. And then, uh, one of his, uh, 80s movies. I'm trying to find the actual, uh, 86? The actual, uh, date, a- 85. 85, 86. The stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the stuff. stuff. Which was a, which was a pretty big horror genre hit. I believe so. Yeah. It's pretty well beloved. Uh, It's Alive. I'm not sure how, how much that was. Yeah, I don't know what up. it was. What but, the impact uh, was at the time. I know it didn't have one of those legendary reps like other movies of the time, like Texas Chainsaw or Last House on the Left. Right. But it probably played the same circles as that movie. And it's always been regarded as a good flick. It just didn't have quite that legendary status. Not quite. Yeah. It's kind of like... Uh... In my in my head, I was thinking, you know, Rosemary's Baby, The Omen, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go down the line a little bit, and you've got It's Alive, which is a, a family horror, is the yeah. way I would put it. You know? And it's super, uh, uh, not necessarily horror. The horror elements, I think, are way less mm-hmm. than most people assume. I think it is along the lines of Rosemary's Baby, except uh, in this one, unlike Rosemary's Baby, you are there at birth. Right. The movie doesn't end with the birth. The movie kind of starts kind of more with up, the birth. Yeah, picks up where that one leaves off. So, yeah. so it's a direct sequel to Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. Same universe. Same universe with uh, less good-looking people than in Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> hey, come on Baby. now. You got John P. Ryan as Frank Davies, uh, Sharon, Farrell Sharon Farrell as Lenore Davies. She did a lot of uh, TV movies and mm. stuff on in the 70s. She uh, was the mean stepmother in one of my all-time favorites night of the comet okay the one that punches kelly maroney uh oh yeah over the couch that's a good one so yeah that was her 10 years later so she, <laughs> she shows up in a bunch of stuff but it's a if you went in not quite expecting horror and just expect had been told it was a human drama mm. i think people people's perception of it changes depending on what they think it's gonna be Right. My, my, I could see that. I had a coworker. I had a few coworkers last night. Yeah, you're All recruiting these, some I get, people. I'm, I'm recruiting a bunch of the people in the 55. <laughs> you're getting to, a cult, to, you're getting a cult to come to the cult night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we had a whole row of the, uh, of uh, like 11 seats that was all devoted to us, which I hate because <laughs> these giant seats. If you're not sitting right next to me, you might as well. Yeah, I have might no as well idea be you're in there. a different theater. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> you're in your own space pod in these giant right. recliners. Well, you were passing down the uh, Sour Patch Kids last night, and I passed it down, and you're like, "Did Sean get some?" I was like, "I have no idea. You know, I have no idea." He was he's one two, seat away from me. I have no idea. Down? Yeah. Couldn't tell you. Might as well is be he still not there? there. Who knows? He might not be here. <laughs> Show my, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I bought the Sour Patch Kids. I was like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> Who knows? I, I, I really couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I can. <laughs> I don't even know if you got them and you're next to yeah. me. And so one of my coworkers came and she had never seen, uh, she'd never seen it's alive, but she's seen all the other, she was a drive in oh, cool. drive in queen back yeah. in the day. She loved, loves genre stuff. And she was expecting it was be more of a grisly exploitation 
evil baby movie. Right. And it's, after and maybe after we should explain. It's yeah. an evil baby movie. There is. Yeah. I don't know if we really well, given... we talked about how it's Rosemary's it's, baby. It's alive. It's not necessarily the devil, but the baby's a mutant. He comes out real bad. He comes out and within breathing moments of breathing air for the first time has already got like seven murders. Yeah. He under goes, his baby belt. He's he's got that uh, just quick. Killer instinct, apparently. Yeah, he murders a room full of doctors and nurses in, like, 12 seconds. He must do it quickly, yeah, because they all get it. You would think after the baby kills the first guy that uh, you're doing something as the other person in the room. Just get out of there. Yeah, I'd, no, they I'd all be try shoving, to take this baby I'd be on. shoving women and Or they, Or they were like, how hard can this be? It's a baby. And this guy, <laughs> this guy couldn't even kill a baby? Who is this guy? Says each subsequent person who gets instantly murdered by oh, this baby. It's crazy. And so after the flick... I was talking to my co and it's just like, so, what'd you think? Because I, I left totally in awe uh-huh. of what we just saw, and uh, total, total, way up in estimation. I liked it the one time I had seen it before, and as often happens when we see it in the theater again, it's like, oh, this is so good. Plus, you know more of what to expect, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But she, who assumed it would be some silly, you know, bad, low-budget horror movie was hit in the face with this human drama about loving a, a child and desperately wanting another child with your nice family. And yeah. suddenly she's hit in the face with the crazy baby stuff taking up like 10% of the movie and the rest just being a family drama. Yeah, it's a very strange way to, that, that it's done because all the action is almost off screen. Yeah. Uh, and it's following. It's actually mostly following uh, the father, who's John Ryan, who I think is just uh, Michael Moriarty before Larry Cohen found Michael Moriarty. Like <laughs> well, very, Michael very Moriarty intense, without the the crazy without any method swagger. Of swagger. Yeah, um, John P. Ryan, uh, another guy who showed up in a lot of genre work uh, and a lot of TV. Such a great performance, mm-hmm. and it's alive. And the movie. It feels like we say this a lot, and I think there's so many horror or sci-fi movies that really do hinge on a major performance because yeah. he's in the the entire movie. It's it really well, and it's, it, yeah, it's really him ninety percent of the movie. Yeah, um, you're following him. You're you're not you're following his perspective of the wife seemingly to be kind of unhinged, obviously after this uh, horrific thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but he is playing it so in. Uh, intensely and and it's so inside he's he's not bursting yeah. out or 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 flailing around he's just very uh yeah there's no he's not him destroying his internally. kitchen at home you see you're seeing this this really deftly smartly painfully played uh performance of a of a guy who has no idea what to do yeah he has had this baby who for reasons we're never told mm-hmm. is a monster. They hint at some stuff. There's a there's a drug company that uh, doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't want to be blamed. You're, yeah, you're never given the 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 full idea, but yeah, obviously, um, this is some sort of message against uh, uh, drug companies. And, yes, and, uh, yeah, the movie is very much and, uh, speaking out against these kind of freak medicines, and but this guy, yeah, like you said, he plays it so inside. This mm-hmm. is a guy who his baby. Just murdered tons of people, and now he has to. He feels this weird parental draw to the baby 
while recognizing that it's a literal monster. Right. And that the town is now on a manhunt for this thing. And there's so much, so many moments of him just sitting at home with a drink with just dead eyes. And like having a cigarette in its mouth, it's going. One time I noticed him uh, pull up to draw on a cigarette. And then it's like he forgets to draw. And mm. so it's just him like stuck in this motion of bringing a cigarette to his lips a few times. Because the dude's just on a vacant repeat in his brain. You yeah. Know? And it's so and that's weird. stuff to convey that stuff. Yeah. It's hard to convey for actors. Yeah. It's such a, uh, because it's one of those where you're, you're thinking like, what would you do? Yeah. There's such a, it's such an extreme bizarre scenario and it could so easily be played for laughs. And it's not, it's really not. It's not. I think um, there was a lot of people there that were pretending it was like they went in wanting it to be a bad movie right. and we're not going to let this good movie get in the way of pretending this is a bad movie. It's really weird. Really it was, odd. It reaction. was strange. Yeah. Um, like they're wanting to make fun of it as if it was total trash again on the surface, killer mutant baby. Yeah. Uh, sounds and, like it's going to be trash, but man. And then, you know, you don't really ever see the thing full on, and which mm-hmm. is good because I think that would have been bad, but you mm-hmm. know, because uh, it, it's obviously some sort of a puppet, you know, it kind is. of a contraption. Right. Um, Rick but, Rick Baker apparently. Oh, really? Did special makeup. I saw Holy his name cow. in there. So makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but uh, they uh, the way they shoot it in the shadow and the way um, it, it actually was kind of creepy. To it me. was uh, it way more that effective. Scene in the classroom than... was very creepy when you see it in the dark crawling, crawling stuff and. They did a cool... It seemed like there was like a person in a costume or something. Like, it was weird. <laughs> I think they did. I like think it... they had to have used a child. Yeah. Uh, not to jump too far ahead, but there's a scene at the end where they're, you know, hunting this baby. They're on a baby hunt Guys, in the sewers. every cop in L.A. is yeah. hunting this they baby. They put every cop on the case, and <laughs> there's nothing any of these cops want to do more than be the one to murder this baby. <laughs> Every cop is yeah, just like dying blazing. for that golden killing baby ticket. It's crazy. And so they're getting all these cops run into the sewers. You know, the famous uh, L.A. irrigation channel that's been in tons of movies. Tons of movies. Most up. like Buckaroo Terminator Banzai, 2. Terminator 2. Yeah. You've seen it. And so there's a big chase in there in the sewers, which is cool. Very cool. Sending cars down into the sewer. That was a thing I didn't know. Uh, yeah. That was a thing. Those are big sewers. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, you get that great scene that made me think there might be a little child in this baby suit when Mm -hmm. he finds the baby and he's wrestling with whether or not to kill it because the baby and this was this hit me hard starts to like shield its face Mm -hmm. you know like putting its hands up like it is just a baby doesn't know what it's doing (laughs) even though it's a freaking monster baby and it was moving too human when it was like putting its hands mm. up that it's like, oh, I think they're, you know, they're doing a cool partially obscured, uh, you know, to really make it feel like I'd, yeah. he's no longer killing a monster. This is like a kid. Yeah, because the whole movie, uh, the dad is like, wants to kill this thing. He's like, I, it's a monster. I, mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with it. And the wife wanted to He's keep got it. no sympathy for this for this baby no. until the moment that he actually comes face to face with it. That's, that's kind of the like thing. And then it's like this connection. Yeah. And it would have been... It's in a very tough task to make... <laughs> Some movies are really effective at making you weirdly root for a monster and, <laughs> and a human. Mm-hmm. You know, so like King Kong, the way King Kong's like affectionately looking. Yeah. At this moment, it's just like, yeah, I want them to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, no, wait a minute. 
this guy's a 40 foot ape. This is never going <laughs> to, this isn't practical at all. Um, but this, it's like, yeah, you know, sure, this baby's now got like a 15 person kill count, but. Oh, man. I love it. It doesn't the, stop killing. No, it's all it does. It's all it does. It's a killing machine. But I love the actual parental relationship. Because, like you said, it's a situation that hasn't happened, but it hadn't mm-hmm. happened to anybody in this universe either. And then one. Then it finally happened. Then the guy's going to work the next day, and the whole office knows his baby's a, they, they <laughs> a straight, murderous monster. Yeah, the news, the news doxes is like, we him. heard it's uh, this guy and they his wife. Just gives out his fi- oh, it's apparently John Tracy and Miss. And <laughs> Don't they even give out their address <laughs> or something? <laughs> so steer clear of these yeah, monsters. Go check them out. Uh, and so suddenly, this the whole movie is this guy who's now a sudden pariah for yeah. reasons that he had zero part in you know like who would he he didn't willingly bring in this crazy monster to the Mm -hmm. world and so all of this stuff we're saying could easily be played for cheap garbage laughs yeah or you know this hammy 80s work instead it's a serious drama that this guy is just falling apart Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I feel like uh, this also makes me think of Basket Case and yeah. how that is definitely much more of an over-the-top silly performance of a guy throwing a basket around and kind but of th- same story of same the family story. I think it's just because the actors weren't as strong. And uh, Yeah, but that yeah, and the tone is just different. This yeah. one, uh, It's Alive, also has, which I had no idea uh, until last night, score by Bernard Herrmann. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, are you, what? what? Huh? Bernard are we talking, Herman. Bernard, talk about some class. Are we talking right? about Hitchcock's main composer, who, yeah. who comes up with the Psycho theme. Bernard, two of Herman. the most legend, like some of the most legendary, amazing scores. And Larry Cohen snags him. I don't even know how he did it. That's the great thing. Uh, Basket Case is a cool movie. Everybody who's a genre film fan loves Basket Very Case. Very cool movie. Very cool. I'm just saying that one plays it but, a little bit more for the for the laugh of the creature and how, oh, of course, how ridiculous it is. And It's Alive went out and got a bunch of really good quality uh, TV actors Mm -hmm. to fill in all these different roles. Even simple roles like, you know, one of the doctors or, geez, Michael Ansara is a, is a, plays, you know, a police lieutenant. But he's only in two scenes. But Mm -hmm. they flesh out this whole movie with really good character actors and really elevates the material. Because these people also did classy stuff they weren't just genre actors right it's kind of a leslie nielsen dramatic actor to comedies but still playing the same kind of guy he played in dramatic roles these were a bunch of drama actors who weren't really known genre Mm -hmm. actors you know known horror actors which is it gave it such a real vibe you know it didn't feel like a fantastic movie it felt more plausible Mm -hmm. even though it's something that hasn't happened before the kills weren't scary. Kills were not great. It wasn't. Well, that's the thing. They and, weren't and really. The gore was pretty minimal. You would see just kind of like a mark on the neck. It, they yeah. Didn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, what are you going to do? It's low budget, but. Uh, it's low budget. He must have spent all the budget on getting Bernard Herman. I think <laughs> and so, getting, right? And getting actual quality actors. You know, I just, I was looking this up. Bernard Herman uh, also composed the sequel. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so they must what, have been friends. Was it, or did they just like, you know, I have a bunch of unused cues from this one. It's like, put them in the second. I don't know. But, I mean, the cues were all very much like that 
uh, classic Bernard like sweeping the kind sweeping of sweeping strings. Uh, yeah, the string that dun dun with some dun, addition dun. of uh, cool. synths. Yeah. Did you notice during the sewer chase when there would be like a a sweeping Bernard Herman score that was then it would all be strings and then punctuated with almost sci-fi like synths, mm, mm-hmm. uh, kind of counter playing off each other. Uh, all when they were running along these kind of bleak tunnels. Yeah. It was just a really cool way to class up a production. A good, <laughs> yeah. a good score classy. can class a production anyway for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you, make or break, right? A good score can really make or break. A bad score you know, really that distracts could, me. Well, there you go, yeah. Whereas a good score, like we talked about a bunch of that one, but the Terminator score. Mm-hmm. The Brad Brad Fidel's score for that is so good that I both notice it and love it, but it complements the movie so well that I also don't notice it. It just mm-hmm. adds to the overall picture and blends in perfectly with what's happening. Right. Whereas a bad score can just be distractingly in the way. Right. Like it, what's <laughs> it's like it's aside from the movie rather than a part of the movie. Exactly. Yeah. You're just hearing blaring calliope music during a kill it's like what is is happening what is happening in this so i had forgotten bernard herman scored this i had never until the credit i think we both at the same time in the credits yeah we're like like it's even even spelled the same way that's weird the guy with the same name score it's alive (laughs) but (laughs) the great thing is the the crowd that comes out to the the cult movies is always a really fun age range to to watch this kind of stuff with because you get 14-year-olds that have never been before mm. and then you get 65-year-olds yeah. that saw these movies at the drive-in when they came out when they were in their 20s and there was a couple down the other end of the row from us that every character actor, when their name would be on the credits, there would be this like, Oh, what? Like, oh, they're in it? Yeah. Was, like, I, they I were feel so like ex- I heard that. Yeah, they so were, like, funny. so excited to be like, what? Even this guy? Like, <laughs> they were so pumped for all these, like, great names from the 70s, you know? Well, and that's, like, how you're you're, you're the guy I know who's always like, oh, he was in that great episode of McCloud, and <laughs> yeah. this one was in Hardcastle, and or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. I do. Ironsides. Uh-huh. I do. Yeah. Oh, no. There was this great episode. Of, yeah, exactly. McCloud's a good go-to for me. Love that name. That is a good. I love uh, that name. I do drop that show. You bit. gotta, you gotta let me come over and watch uh, McCloud versus Dracula or whatever that one episode oh, yeah. is. That's so I, good. I, I want to see John that so Carradine bad. Yeah, as the Dracula. Oh God, uh, that's a, like the so, yeah. top of my list. Go check out McCloud, people. Uh, but no, this the movie was so classy and so not a movie that you can make fun of. It's dark. It yeah. is. You know, people say. Eraserhead is, oh, it's bleak. And I think when side by side with this movie with a very similar, you know, you can take a fear of mm-hmm. fatherhood narrative out of it. You can, you know, all these kind of things. Fear of our future. Like, yeah. you know, is this what's going to start happening to our kids kind of thing? There's a lot of important, still relevant narratives Man, it even gets into abortion. I was just going to say they have a they have a little thing about abortion and how they thought about it and didn't go through then i'm like wow is that relevant yeah this is 45 years ago crazy and they're just talking about it as if it's you know 
gee, funny thing, an important issue. Yeah. That somehow we're still like, sounds like they had the policy figured out in this movie. (laughs) And. But, you know, there's no like, uh, yeah, there's no one cracking jokes or Uh -uh. uh, there's no there's no real comic relief. No. Again, you, you don't see enough of the baby puppet. Or, or special effects for it to be clumsy, and you know I never think, and, and it's actually very suspenseful when it when the you know the baby's stalking its prey, which like it that should not work. No, that should not be it what's should happening. Should be so silly. You should not be genuinely afraid of a baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, like there's a, a upright is it upright citizens brigade did a, a sketch about a, a running baby, like it comes out running. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's what it should be. Like we got a runner, we got a runner. <laughs> you know, that's Just pouncing on people. That's quick yeah. kills. Like that's what a Rambo. superhuman baby is supposed to elicit. That yeah. kind of funny. Like isn't that silly? And that would that's be the flat out worst. And this uh, movie had been this movie about a running baby. And did you little, ma- picture those little pitter patter steps? Yeah. How do you make that scary? Right. Beep, 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 beep. You know, this is, uh, yeah, this is not uh, Ali McBeal dancing yeah. baby kind of stuff. This is just a crawling baby, which should be scary. It's crazy. But they do such a cool job with it at yeah. not even making it scary, just making it seem like a, a Like a viable threat. threat. Yeah, like these cops with guns are not no. able to take out this baby yeah. somehow. Right? Seems like a no-brainer. Seems easy. Seems <laughs> a baby. But we get such great moments, like we get a uh, red herring baby. We, yeah. get, we get some. That was maybe the one funny yeah, break. That was our one break. Yeah, that's true. Was cops drawing their guns on just a normal baby? Well, what's so funny is is what would happen is you'd follow the dad, you know, alone in a living room, brooding for ten minutes, and then it would cut to nineteen cop cars pulling up at a parking lot and moving, and you're like, wait, what's going on over here? Why are we not following? This Always action? sirens blazing, just going nuts. Yeah, just twenty cop cars squealing up sirens blazing on a like, baby even even in the tunnel scene they're like yeah. i don't think we need the sirens there's no traffic yeah. down here yeah, yeah. we don't need to clear this path at all <laughs> the uh the movie starts we really get kind of inside this family and it's a really well written drama the first 10 minutes of this movie are just a portrait of a happy suburban family in suburban los angeles it's, you know, a pregnant wife, and they're kind of just going through their nightly routine, getting into pajamas, brushing their teeth, having small talk. And it's just this nice, loving family. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking about the baby, and she thinks it's time, and so he's casually gathering his yeah, sports suit jacket for the delivery. And it's just such a nice, casual look inside what the environment was versus what it's going to be in 12 hours Mm -hmm. you know i like those looks inside of you know things are normal right now they're we're just going about our day and they have no idea what's about to hit them and then the uh you know the the, their 11 year old is like the most suave like uh sophisticated (laughs) 11 year old like i just want mom to be okay and you know he's not a kid at all he's He's just just handling this very uh, good yeah family good kid good kid (laughs) yeah and but you get so much of this movie as just this one father's suffering, which could have been so ham. I mean, he could John Ryan could have been mm-hmm. so cheesy, and just you know why is this happening to me? And, you know, right, we don't right, get exactly. any of that. This guy is just a dude who is empty inside because mm-hmm. he has no, he's asked to make a decision that nobody has had to make ever. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if the sequels get uh, get hammy because there are at least two sequels. If I, uh, I think there there might be a 
more than that. There's at least three movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's still alive, or uh, it lives again. It lives again. Mm-hmm. And then I just I, I I never heard of this, but I want to see it. It's alive three, Island of the Alive. <laughs> so oh, one of those living islands. It lives again is like a a horde of mutant babies, right? Okay, and I've then, not seen any of the scenes. And then it's alive three. I just I'm, the mutant babies have been placed by court order on a deserted <laughs> island. You picture the who was the baby's defense attorney? I don't. So is that like Lord of the Flies, or do people come to like rescue the babies and then the? I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I don't know. It's still the, written and directed by Larry Cohen. So, so uh, what are the years on these? If if it's alive was seventy four. Uh, it's a lot. It lives again is seventy eight. Okay, and then a full uh nine years later, it's alive three and eighty seven. Eighty seven. Wow. So, you know that's in a money wheelhouse for straight to video. You know, you know who's or... in It's Alive Three, huh? Michael Moriarty. No. Oh yeah. Oh well. And Karen Black. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Well, I we mean, got some re- we I got mean, some homework to do. Yeah. If you told me there was a movie with Moriarty and Karen Black, yeah, so I would have been just sold at Michael Moriarty. Karen oh, Black. Yeah. Karen Black. You is had yeah, the you sweetest had me at icing. Michael Moriarty. Yeah. Wow. 100%. I really want to see It's Alive Three like, right now. <laughs> it's all, like is anybody cool let's stop this podcast right, we're yeah. gonna come back and do the other see you two guys. All right, uh, see you guys. <laughs> well who's in the the second uh the second one it's not gonna be as cool as no those no two. it's not as cool john p ryan is still in it okay as frank davies and then you've got frederick forrest oh yeah and yeah, kathleen yeah. lloyd okay I those are those are names i don't know them in particular those are at least people uh, Frederick Force has been in uh, a bunch of cool stuff. Was he in yeah. Apocalypse Now? He was. Yeah. And uh, The Conversation, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. movie. No, that guy's in cool. That guy's in, in stuff. So, yeah, but, uh, it's alive, it, and it really... Uh, I, well, it sets up a sequel. Oh, yeah. It, it ends with the Dis- cliffhanger, kind of. Or cliffhanger, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, like you said. It's I like the uh, the ending, which I hadn't remembered, because I always forget <laughs> how things end. <laughs> you always forget the end. I always forget the ending, which, is which, a gift. which makes rewatchability yeah. awesome. Could be worse. <laughs> it's, it's the best part of the movie. Can forget. you imagine how terrible it must be to remember everything? Like, to yeah, have a right? photographic memory? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Awful. That's, no, that's <laughs> sorry, so much better. I can, sorry, photographic I can watch memory, the, Yeah, sorry. We don't watch I just ya. don't want to remember we don't every you. single thing. I know? like uh, rediscovering things. Yeah. Or, and I, would, I yeah. and I like when I watch something and I remember one whole scene entirely and nothing about there it's like what the hell stood out about that one scene <laughs> that I didn't remember the remaining hour and 15 before and after it. Exactly. But yeah, we get the cool finish of this, you know, the you no know, the baby finally there's, there's, yeah. eats it. The finally the LAPD gets what it wants and puts 18 slugs into puts, this baby. <laughs> puts a couple dozen rounds Easily, into right? this baby. Um, but Unloads. Uh, I love what the dad does at that last moment, knowing that it's all over. And uh, Well, he pleads for the baby's life. Yeah, he's, he's holding the baby. They're all pointing guns at him. One of the cops is like, either way, that baby is going down. Dude, I'm going <laughs> to kill that son of a bitch. <laughs> what? He killed my partner. The baby killed my partner. None no, of the other no, cops were yeah. talking, and this one guy's like, let me do it. He was really like, going Jesus, for it. Yeah. Gary? Two days Come to on. retirement. Pump the brakes on, on, on murdering these babies. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, yeah, but they, uh, they're they going to murder the baby. So so the uh, 
the dad throws it onto the hated uh, um, pharma- uh, yeah. doctor, you know, guy who's probably the pharmacist who uh-huh. uh, who probably caused it. He goes down with the baby. I loved that moment. I was like, yeah. yes! He just get, falls backwards with the baby on yeah. top of him, and then they just shoot the baby with that and guy. him, yeah, all at once. They, they knowingly sacrificed a pharmaceutical rep. In 74, that's already, that's great. Or even worse today. Yeah. (laughs) Back then, they apparently were dying to to murder the pharma reps. Yeah. Well, Larry Cohen seems like, yeah, he is, uh, he gets into this in in a lot of his movies. Uh, He is, yeah, he he hates the corporations. Mm -hmm. He hates the big business. Yes. Um, He's basically a socialist. Well, that's even his, uh, even Black Caesar and Hell Up in Harlem, Mm -hmm. which, you know, obviously not horror movies at all but it is fred williamson bucking the system yeah it's car him carving out like his niche you know it's not him beholden to these yeah so it's another anti-corporate anti uh big business you know little guy doing so it's fascinating that that theme is coming up in the weirdest genres it is but you know and then larry cohen i also think on the other side of that is a guy who likes to um flip expectations definitely and he likes to play things differently than you would think mm-hmm. uh and i you know that makes me think of even bone is uh oh, man. very much flips so what good. you are expecting mm-hmm. uh in that movie and um yeah this movie is one of those where a lot of people even last night were going and thinking it was going to be <laughs> killer baby uh you know from outer space kind of a sure a, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing. Much closer to that. And I think it, it, about 30 minutes in, they were like, oh, there's not really anywhere to make a joke here. There's, you know, there's nowhere to... Yeah, their material there's, there's no ran riffing. thin pretty quick. Not a lot of riffing. And even the babies, uh, the noises the baby was making at first seemed very um, exaggerated. Uh-huh. Like animal noises. Then, like didn't a, it kind of seem like it was just basically a crying baby at the end? It, like, it, it really sounded it. like they a definitely totally it. normal crying Oh yeah, in you the know, in the first hour of the movie, it sounds baby. more like a bleeding goat mixed with right. some kind of shrieky sound. Yeah, not great. And by the <laughs> end, though, especially when I think it was the moment when he found the baby hiding in the sewer and he's putting his hands up, and that's when he's suddenly sounding like mm-hmm. a baby. It's yeah. like the, really it's like once the father saw him as human instead of saw him as a monster then it's like it validated this baby it was powerful stuff yeah it was really emotional stuff and i will uh thank these jokesters nobody was joking during any of this no it's like everybody realized like, nobody was oh, really joking heavy. i think people were just kind of laughing a little too hard at things they were really trying and then yeah to pretend it was bad and then there wasn't a lot of laughing yeah at the end and, and especially uh in the second half uh of the double feature when we get into the stuff, there was no yeah. no one really cracking any. It was it was all people were into it. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And Larry Cohen movies just draw you in. They do. Uh, I, whether it's God told me to or Cue the Winged Serpent, oh, you're man. you're invested. You're not you're not watching this on a superficial level. You're really following the characters and connecting with them. There, he makes a He's lot a of writer. schlock movies that don't really play as schlock. Mm-hmm. Like you know, a lot of a lot of scummy genres that he kind of flirts with but he's playing them serious mm-hmm. he's playing them good there's we had recently talked about pet cemetery the new one yes and remake, i think yeah. that movie missed the boat by not having what it's alive did 
it you don't really get good quality grieving they tried to it just didn't work mm-hmm. and i'm not the guy that's like i need some good grieving in a movie <laughs> i need some parents right desolate about their child loss i don't need it but i was blown away by how well they did the grieving process in it's alive that's true whereas so many other movies have failed both parents the the woman kind of is going the wife is kind of going more crazy mm-hmm. sometimes she seems too normal right she seems handling. in denial uh-huh. more um and uh secretly yeah the baby is trying to find its way back to them yeah. so it's terrorizing the whole city uh on its on its journey back to them um but yeah the uh yeah, it's kind of. It, I I know what you mean because uh, I think when we were talking about Pet Cemetery, one of the things I was saying was that I think showing parents grieving for a child is one of the hardest things to do in a movie, mm-hmm. and often it comes off as such a just like convenient plot, uh, sure, a catalyst or or character development catalyst. You know, every movie I think in the last, you know between 2014 and 2017. Every movie had like a dead kid in the exposition <laughs> where the parent had to overcome some drama and uh, an obstacle and yeah, gets tiresome. But uh, to watch this movie and it's in real time. And like you said, you're seeing the happy, perfect family at the beginning. Yeah. And it's great family dynamic. The dad's funny. He's, he's It's like a great dad. He's got he's, a cool, dry he, dad He's doing humor. funny voices and everyone's kind of rolling their eyes and he's into it and... Uh, yeah, then to see it it overcome him kind of in real time. Yeah, um, yeah how quickly uh, friends abandon him, how quickly mm-hmm. he suddenly is left with nobody to turn to and nobody to lean on and just all coming apart, wrapped up in a killer baby movie. Yeah. I also want to <laughs> shout out, I really liked this. Yeah. The, the vibe, and it's not something you see anymore, and I think that hurts the color and the personality of a lot of movies. Every dude in this movie was some stage of losing their hair <laughs> or bald. You got 15 totally. different stages of balding <laughs> 70s dudes, you know? Of course, you would notice the hair, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like... That's funny. But it was no, like a it, cool, totally like, right. real thing, and now you'd get... It doesn't happen the same way. All these looked like just... Even in the waiting room scene where there was like three other dads waiting for their babies, they're all like just these, you know, kind of businessy, dorky, <laughs> mid to late thirties dads. Right. Yeah. yeah, they're all they're all uh, at some stage of yeah. It's all just it's all balding it's or bald or it's weird headed seventies dudes <laughs> with like, and it's that seventies kind of balding where they're like. Well, I'm balding. Time to uh, trim up the edges and uh, buzz the rest super short. They're all just like, some got it long on the sides and pulled back, and some just have it all frizzy and fuzzy. <laughs> it's like, man, pe- they were so hirsute hers- in the 70s. There's so much weird hair choices, but I just love it. All these, like, thinning dudes. Uh, yeah, you know, they're not... No, no Hollywood pressure to... That's to great. clean up your dome a bit, you know. Uh, yeah, that was the, the the leading man of the '70s. Could very well be your, your balding, uh, you know. Yeah. Flat chested kind of, you know, gut <laughs> a little a little gut maybe. Yeah. Uh, They're all wearing that polyester clothes that kind of h- hugs the lower belly. Yeah. A bit much with your Sansa belt slacks. <laughs> it's just a cool, you know, colorful look. It's a. It, it was a good looking movie for being so cheap, just because you had a lot of area filming. 
I like the Los Angeles area and how it looks. I like yeah. getting the snapshot. Oh, was it Los Angeles? Yeah. Okay. I, I like said New York earlier. Snap- well, Larry Cohen's fr- Cohen's a New York guy yeah. is probably what got me confused there. And yeah. a lot of his That's movies was have Angeles. been New York. Yeah. He's kind of yeah. bi-coastal. Yeah. Even Big something city. like Maniac Cop was filmed half and half. Mm-hmm. It was all supposed to be New York, but half of it was filmed in L.A., half in, yeah, no. in New York. So Movie all magic. That stuff. Movie magic, baby. Ah, it's great. And this was good. It was, was such a... Um, I'd seen it once and came away liking it. And this time it's so much more of a powerful drama than mm. I remembered it. And, and it's probably for this reason we talked about of me watching the first time expecting something different. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, I had never seen it. This was uh, my Oh, this first was your time. first time. Dope. Um, and uh, it was great. And yeah, all I knew of the movie was the tagline, which is my favorite tagline. <laughs> There's only one thing wrong with the Davies baby. It's alive. Uh, That's good. I love that. See, the problem is that it exists, <laughs> <laughs> which is bad for everyone. Oh, the so cliffhanger good. at the end is really good, where the the baby is dead, which you're you suddenly don't feel good about. At right. a certain point, it's like, oh yeah, you got to kill that baby, and you're living it with this dad. And then at the end, you're just like, man, I don't know. I think they would have been good for that baby. Even his final plea, when he's just like. You know, keep it in a cage somewhere and study right. it. Don't just don't kill it. Like it doesn't deserve. But to you die. know, that's how you get the penguin in Batman Returns, man. You got to you right. nip that stuff you know in the what? bud. Just send him down into the get sewers, him down the river. You're right. Wow. <laughs> Never would have tied in the Oswald couple <laughs> to it's alive. Look, you want you want chuds? Ch- that's how you get chuds. <laughs> that's how you get chuds. <laughs> 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 right? oh, I think we have to go out on that for it's alive. Oh my gosh! I gotta say, yeah, go see see the movie if you haven't. It's, go see it. It's, it's awesome. It over delivers, and it's, it's awesome. really powerful. Right up there, Rosemary's Baby, The Brood, Pet Cemetery. I was getting ro- yeah. all those vibes, totally. of all those movies in the best way. So, oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna take a break, but we're gonna come back with more Larry Cohen a decade later with the stuff. Until then, good night.